Ah. Oh, sorry guys, those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. But thanks for Manscaped, there's no longer any shrieks to be had while doing some trimming. And guys, you need to get in on Manscaped so that you don't have any screams anymore when you're in the bathroom, shaving below the belt. And oh man, the Lawnmower 3.0 just is the real deal. They spent 18 months making it perfect. And let me tell you, there's no need for a Lawnmower 4.0 because the Lawnmower 3.0 is perfect. It has a 90-minute battery life. It even has an LED light to illuminate so you can see everything that's going on down there. And it's, it has advanced skin-safe technology, so there's no nicks that goes on anymore. And guys, pair the Lawnmower 3.0 with the Perfect Package 3.0, which of course, you get the Lawnmower 3.0 and the Perfect Package 3.0, plus you get the Crop Preserver the Crop Reviver, a travel bag, disposable shaving mats, and the comfiest set of boxers you have ever worn. So guys, check out Manscaped. Use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. So hit up Manscaped, that magical code DNVR20. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. But before we hop into the show, I got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. So many of you guys have heard of MSU Denver already because it's right in our backyard here in Denver, Colorado. But for those of you that don't live in Denver, maybe you live outside of the city, outside of the state, outside of the country, you can take advantage of this uh, with MSU Denver Online. They have over 750 classes and 40 online and hybrid programs that you need to check out. You can see all they have to offer at msudenver.edu slash online. So make sure to check out MSU Denver at msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, we are here on this, this uh, We Get Mad Wednesday, and fortunately, I think we, we used all of our We Get Mad yesterday, <laughs> but we have some fun things to talk about because, Mace, while all is good in Broncos country right now, there's some drama brewing in Chiefs land, as John Elway may say, Chiefs kingdom, as they probably properly want to be referred by. Did you see Twitter last night, Mace? I did. I, I saw it explode just a little bit. Of course, we're talking about Chris Jones, the, the defensive lineman who's probably second as an interior pass rusher league-wide to only Aaron Donald. I think if you go back through our podcast, especially since I came aboard, there's been a lot of respect here in, this, in these quarters for Chris Jones, maybe at a 
there was a time we were even dreaming of the Broncos trying to get Chris Jones if the Chiefs had not franchise tagged him. Of course, the franchise tag brings with it a whole raft of issues, including the fact that a player may look at it and say, "Mm, I don't want to play at that amount because we've seen that at Le'Veon Bell. And now Chris Jones telling NFL Total Access, quote, that that he's, quote, always viewed himself as a $20 million plus, unquote, player. And he indicated on Twitter that if he didn't get, if that a holdout might be coming, as he said, or I won't play. Le'Veon Bell told me about this. Oh, buckle up, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yep, buckle up. It's going to be quite a next two weeks for you because, because of course, the deadline for all franchise tag players to sign uh, to sign a long term deal is July fifteenth, meaning two weeks away. Man, it's going to be exciting for Broncos country to follow what's going on with the Chiefs because, Mace, what do they do? I mean, they're left with pretty tough choice if this is really the stance Chris Jones is going to take, or he could just be playing hardball with them right now. But they have two options. Pay him $20 million per season, which isn't crazy. I mean, that's probably the going rate for someone who's who has his talent and is that good. Or... Do you sit out? Do you not have your best defensive player on the team this year? Wow. And, you know, there, there are some who would say, well, if you were going to pick a year to, to, to have something like this happen, it's a year that might be completely altered because of the, uh, of the pandemic. But, uh, yeah, that's but, true. I, but I digress. Um, well, consider this. Any deal the Chiefs make, would uh would probably have to involve kicking some of the can down the road a year because the Chiefs are in a pretty tight spot uh, right now salary cap wise they have exactly 6.2 million dollars of cap space and now that accounts for how much Chris Jones's franchise tag is because like for for the Broncos for example with Justin Simmons when they gave him the tag even though he hasn't signed a tag, that money is accounted for under your salary cap right away. So that, that's, something, that's something to consider. And the Chiefs, they, probably, they, they could find a way to get it done, but is it in their long-term plans? And also, I had a chance to, to chat with Jack Barrett yesterday on the radio, and Barrett also franchise-tagged. And he had received every indication from the Bucks that they were going to do a long-term deal, but that was before COVID-19. Of course, the, the tags were given out uh, in, the, in the days and weeks before everything sports-wise in this country shut down. And now when you go into a year where you're facing a potentially catastrophic loss of revenue because you may have limited capacity or no-capacity stadiums around the NFL – and it could be just a TV event, teams may be rethinking whether they can give that, whether, the, whether, they, can, whether they can have that outlay assured for years down the line, and it may result in a cluster of guys being forced to play on one-year deals, including Chris Jones. Jones indicated he doesn't want to do that. 
It's fascinating. It, it, it's fascinating. And they're, they're in a tough spot right now because mm-hmm. not just Mays, do they, they may have the money in order to give him that deal right now. But then if they give him that deal right now, it means there's no Patrick Mahomes extension coming at least this offseason. Now, the Chiefs don't have mm-hmm. to give Patrick Mahomes a new deal. Right now, he's going into his fourth year, so going to cost them $5 million this year. Then the fifth-year option, which they obviously picked up, uh, would be in 2021, uh, which you know would, would be a pay increase for him, but it certainly wouldn't be paying him $35 million. Then if they really wanted to, they could franchise tag him in 2022. So, I mean, with, with Patrick Mahomes, they don't have to pay him right now. But are you really not going to pay Patrick Mahomes? I, I don't see that happening. Maybe they somehow agree to do a deal with Mahomes after this season. But Mace, Mahomes would be missing out on, what, $30, $35 million this year? Instead of getting paid $5 million, he could get $35, 40 Some people have said $40-plus million. So I'm not sure if Patrick would be too happy with that. And I just don't see how they could pay Mahomes and Chris Jones long-term deals right now with the cap situation they're in. Well, I mean, you look at their cap scenario for 2021. Now, it's, it's not the worst in the world based on the initial pre- projection, and this is the pre-COVID-19 projection, although I do anticipate they're going to find a way to make sure the cap is normalized for next year and doesn't have a catastrophic hit that results from the loss of revenue, that, they're gonna, that they may you know, find ways to kind of finagle it and have a gradual increase over the, over the years to, uh, to, to compensate rather than, say, a huge increase in 2022 when the new television contracts kick in. But right now, according to Overcap, the Chiefs have just a smidge under $35 million of cap space for 2021. Now, this includes Patrick Mahomes playing on the franchise tag at $24.837 million. But you've, all, you've also got, in terms of cap numbers, Frank Clark's cap number is $25.8 million for 2021. Mm. Tyreek Hill, $15.85 million. Tyron Matthew, $19.7 million. Eric Fisher, $14.68 million. And, oh, by the way, what is interesting is that they could cut those guys, cut, cut Hill, Matthew, or Fisher and create space, even though uh, you don't really, you don't really want to do that. In all those cases, you are creating more space than dead money. Frank Clark, there's nothing you can do about that next year because <laughs> if they cut him in 2021, his dead money is 38.9 million. So <laughs> if you find a way to get Chris Jones, that's fantastic. But my goodness, you talk about having two spicy meatballs there in your pass rush, <laughs> and in the, and the other thing, if you're looking at kind of at the at Frank Clark's contract as well, the, with the cap number being $25.8 million, including $18.5 million in, uh, in guaranteed salary. Overall, Frank Clark is on a deal that, if he plays it out, Zach, would pay him $105.7 million. And let me ask you this. Who do you think's worth more money, Frank Clark or Chris Jones? To me, the answer is clear. Yeah, the, the answer is very clear. And, of course, that's the one that is threatening to not play this season if he doesn't get a big, a big deal. And, Mace, uh, uh, of course, it's easy to be high on the Chiefs after winning a Super Bowl, 
uh, with Patrick Mahomes. But one of the reasons I I don't believe that they're going to fall off this year is because they didn't lose anyone. They didn't have to go through uh, the the typical offseason of losing so many pieces that a lot of Super Bowl teams do, including Super Bowl 50 Broncos. They lost a lot of pieces after that. And so that's why I've you know been very high on the Chiefs going into 2020. But here's a little crack in the armor. The first one that I'm really seeing, because they could have lost Sammy Watkins. They could have lost Chris Jones. Uh, they could have lost a few pieces. In fact, instead, they held on to pretty much every single important piece on their team. But now, if they lose Chris Jones, he's unquestionably their best defensive player in my mind. Um, and then not, not just losing him, but all the drama that creates. You know how much the Pittsburgh Steelers hated talking about Le'Veon Bell and the, the emotions that they went through. First, they were def- his teammates were, had to defend Le'Veon for – for holding out then right around you know the middle of the season when Lev hadn't showed up still uh, then the teammates turned on him it just creates a ton of drama and no matter how good a team is it will impact them so this would be great news for the Broncos and Mace uh, another reason why why this is great news for the Broncos is the Broncos don't have to worry about this because yes the Broncos do have an unsigned franchise tag player right now in Justin Simmons but he's not going out there on Twitter saying he needs 20 million dollars or he's not playing that he's talked to Le'Veon Bell about how that works out no he's indicated many times just said it straight out I'll play on the franchise tag this year now I think the Broncos and Justin are working on getting a long-term deal done I think that's the plan but if that doesn't happen in two weeks and he hasn't signed a long-term deal in 15 days, you don't have to worry about Justin holding out. It, it, he'll be there. Yeah. Now, it, what's interesting in terms of um, if you go by aver- if you go by average annual value, let's then Justin Simmons would be the, I believe, the second highest paid safety, uh, or tied for the second highest paid safety in the NFL. If you go by average per value, and he plays the gear on the franchise tag. I think Chris Jones would have been the third, would have been number three among um, defensive linemen. Now, if you go by the uh, the cash spent this year, not the cap number, but the but the cash spent on, in 2020 on the safety position, then I think uh, Justin Simmons, in terms of cash outlay for 2020, is going to be the second highest paid safety in the league by playing on the franchise tag, I believe. I, don't quote me on that. Well, and, and, and also uh, with Justin, I think he's made something like $4 million throughout yeah. his career. Now he's going to make $11 million. And that's yeah, my bad. Actually fifth, fifth highest. Sorry. sorry. Fifth, fifth highest. So that, that's fifth why he's willing to play. That's why he's willing to play on it. Chris Jones is going to get $16 million with the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Yet he's saying, uh-uh, not going to play unless it's not only 20 this year, but 20 for, uh, my guess, is probably five, five, six years. And I wonder if he even looks at Frank Clark there in the front seven and says, even though Frank Clark's on the edge and I'm on the interior, that I want more than Frank Clark. Ah, a little uh, Chris Harris Jr., Kareem Jackson. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what? I don't think it's something he'll say publicly, but guys think that way. I mean, if you in football, one of the interesting things about football is that Guys know what the other players in their room, the other players in their huddle are making. Whereas in the corporate world, for example, 
you're working on, you know, let's say you're in the marketing department, you don't know what your fellow marketing staffers are making, generally speaking, unless you've got gotten it out of your fellow staffers over a few drinks at uh, business happy hour or something like that. But in the NFL, you can know right down to the cent what everybody else in your room is making. And oh, by the way, if you haven't looked it up, your agent is probably taking care of that for you and looked it up and reminding you that, okay, hey, you know, you've got some, you got your, your buddy Frank Clark here is, is making this amount, but you know what? You might have the more rare skill set as an interior pass rusher. So you, you should be making Frank Clark plus 5% even. And this is the sort of thing that gets guys thinking and says, hmm, yeah. I really should be making that. You hear it from your agent, you hear it from your friends, you hear it even from the media. At, and, oh, yeah. then, and then you, you start thinking, uh, Justin Simmons, we all know, uh, you know what kind of person is it, if he is. And also, I'm not saying that Chris Jones is a bad guy for wanting what he wants. I don't begrudge any of these guys for trying to get what they can. It is just, but I, will, I do wonder if we weren't in this pandemic, if, if Chris Jones wouldn't have already had a deal done and even though these deals usually come down to the last minute, uh, you know, from, from chatting with Shaq Barrett yesterday, it's just, it's, it seems like that we're in an altered environment and that teams may not be as willing to give those huge deals for beyond this year. And that may, and that may affect whether the Broncos can get Justin Simmons done. Of course, John Elway has always managed to get his franchise tag players signed to multi-year deals he's batting a thousand on that in his tenure as a as general manager slash chief personnel executive it's a different environment right now it is it is but the good news is regardless on if a deal gets done justin will be playing with the broncos this year and good news for broncos country if a deal doesn't get done with chris jones at least he's saying he'll pass up 16 million dollars to show the chiefs What's up? And man, I, I'm curious what, uh, what the odds would be in Vegas on if Chris Jones plays this season, probably favors that he will play this season, but maybe you can find those odds on DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, we know the sports landscaping is, landscape is constantly evolving now. And this week is no different, but luckily for all of us, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top rated sportsbook act, has us covered. And for a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. But guys, although the four major sports are less than a month away now that it's July, this week there's still plenty of action on DraftKings. From golf to European soccer, DraftKings has you covered. And that's not all. Head to the app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. And you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. And guys are offering the best sign-up offer today right now. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget. Enter that code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. 
Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You win it, DraftKings. You're going to have a little extra money in your pocket. You're going to want to celebrate. There's no better way to celebrate than with some brews from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. DNVR, of course, supporting our partners, supporting us during this crazy time. And remember, if you're in the Denver area, it's not just about Breck Brew. It's about the farmhouse, that fantastic restaurant they've got down at their brewery in Littleton. If you order your meal and beer from the farmhouse, make sure you use that magical code. Yeah, I got that from you, Zach. DNVR and save $5 off your meal. If you, if you want to order from the farmhouse, make sure you call 303-831380 from noon to 8 p.m. to pick up. Boy, I'm craving some food from the farmhouse right now. As, as I read this, we've had some great meals down there, pub grub, and of course, the full array of Breck brews is available to you at the farmhouse, and it's completely safe to order, and if you don't want to go in the restaurant, that's fine. They'll bring your to-go order out to your car for you, but let's say you're not in Denver. Let's say you just want some beer. Well, you can... Check out that 15-can Breckenridge Brewery sampler through Drizzly. But maybe you can't get the sampler if you're in a certain part of the country. Maybe you're just looking for Strawberry Sky. Maybe you're looking for some Vanilla Porter Jr. or any other of the array of Breck brews. Well, then you got to go to their website. Make sure you go to the Breck Beer Locator. You can find the nearest retailer that sells Breckenridge brews. I was in Wisconsin a couple of weeks back was looking for some strawberry sky with which to while away the lustrous, wonderful Wisconsin nights. And you know, right there in the heart of Wisconsin where you've got beers galore, you were able to find Breckenridge brews. And I was able to have a little bit of Colorado a thousand miles away in the Midwest. It's always So wherever you are in the U.S., you should be able to find a Breckenridge brewery dealer near you. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the NBR. Right on, Mace. Let's hop in to the comment section. Of course, today is the it is the why Zach is wrong comment section from our listeners. Oh. Let's jump into the first one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco 58. It's been a while since I've commented, but I just want to ask that y'all keep me in your prayers as I will be moving from Oklahoma to Louisville, Kentucky on Sunday. It's been a bittersweet journey and it's hard to say goodbye to so many great people, but I can't wait to get out of my uh, get out on my own for real this time. Oklahoma has always been my home, but I'm excited for the new journey in Kentucky. I hope the DNVR crew has been great these last few weeks, and I can't wait to finally get back to listening once my schedule mellows out more. Peace out from your biggest Okie fan. And Iceman oh, says, yeah. prayers up for a safe trip, and we're right there with you, Oklahoma Bronco. Good luck on the trip. Uh, let us know how it goes when you get all settled in. First of all, just know it's Louisville. It's not Louisville like in Colorado. It's not Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> you gotta say you gotta say it right. I think uh when Tom Jackson, Broncos Ring of Famer, was on NFL primetime, he always did a good job of saying it right. Of course, he is the most famous in, in the Broncos universe, at least, the most famous University of Louisville alumnus. Louisville. There we go. Louisville. <laughs> Iceman. Speaking of Iceman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, amigos, as I hit one year with the BSN DMVR family, as they say, all good things must come to an end. The coming year, I will be devoting to Mrs. Iceman's recovery from surgery. She will have my time and energy. Although I won't have time to comment, I will continue to listen. Go America, Broncos, Drew, Bradley, my girl, and my three amigos. 
Oh man, Iceman. Be- best of luck um, to, to Mrs. Iceman. We'll be thinking of her and we'll certainly be missing your comments over the next year, but uh, really glad that you'll still be rolling with this. You'll have to chime in occasionally when you can, or just maybe at the end of the year and let us know how Miss Iceman's doing as well as yourself. So we'll be thinking about, uh, about you and Miss Iceman during, during the surgery and over this next year. Absolutely. 100% uh, and uh, we'll, we'll miss you on the comments, but uh, we will be thinking about you and uh, we will. Um, and we'll be, and we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing from you, you again, and looking forward to the, the next go America uh, comment <laughs> that, you have, that you have for us. Exactly. Next one from orange and blue all over. Been loving the Broncos new offensive weapons. Had a thought last night though. Are they building the right offense to beat the chiefs? Broncos appear to be building a fun-to-watch, quick-strike, speed-filled offense instead of a long, slow, boring, time-consuming uh, kind of offense typically successful versus the Chiefs. Could being too quick-strike be a bad thing? Are the Broncos building more to beat or to be beat by the Chiefs? Thanks, fellas. Ooh. You know what? I think the offense they're trying to build is – while it is quick strike, I think the fact that they invested in Melvin Gordon and they have Philip Lindsay also tells me that they're building an offense that can slow it down. You, ideally, you want, you want an offense that can play at any tempo. I think the goal, and I hate to cite this team as an example, the goal is to get to where New England has been in that the Patriots can – Look at an opponent's strengths on defense or, and overall as a team and be able to counter it. They, they, they're chameleons. Some weeks the Patriots can run the ball 65% of the time. Some weeks they're going to come out and throw. And I think when you look at what the Broncos have, and part of it is have cost-control quarterback, take a drink, that allows <laughs> you to spend elsewhere – you can make the investments necessary to have an offense that, while it's capable of beating you over the top, can also downshift into a power gear and can do what the Colts did to the Chiefs last season in week five when they just slowed the tempo down and grounded, grounded out and pulled off a win at Arrowhead. I think the Broncos are capable of playing that type of game and winning based on what they have, especially at running back. Yeah, it would be a mistake if the Broncos went up-tempo, hurry up, force the ball downfield every single possession of the season. It would be, and as fun as that would be, that that would be so much fun. But it would be a mistake because there are times when you need to slow things down. There are times where you need to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, let your defense have a breather. Uh, And it would also be a mistake because then why in the world did you pay – Melvin Gordon, $8 million this offseason if you're not going to use him. So, no, I do think the Broncos have the talent to do whatever they want. And you you reference the Patriots, Mason. That's who I always reference. If you need to run the ball 50 times one week, they would do that. And then the next week, if they need to come out and pass the ball 50 times, they would do that. The Broncos at least have the talent to do that. I'm very curious to see if Pat Shermer – is going to do that. But I do think it's a very good point, orange and blue all over, uh, about maybe beating the Chiefs isn't about putting up 37 points. Um, Although I do think that's the formula. But I understand where 
You do have the Colts example where they just slowed it down and made sure that the Chiefs weren't able to get so many possessions in a game. Yeah, and a key to that is also not just it's it's not just running the ball. It's also controlled passing. It's and that's again where Melvin Gordon helps because Melvin Gordon can move the chains. Melvin Gordon can get you seven yards of reception. He is a good weapon for keeping you on schedule as an offense. And if the O-line does its part to ensure that the Broncos can grind out some drives, then they do have an equation that can work. The other thing is when you have the kind of speed that the Broncos now have outside, that's a nice compliment to the power game because it allows you to use play action and beat an opponent over the top if they crowd the box too much. Yeah, yeah, w- without a doubt. Next one coming in from Cat Daddy 92 I love how right when RK leaves, the show turns into Broncos take with Zach A. Smith and Mace Kellerman. All we missed was Ryan Rose to jump in and say, you're out of time and move on to the next question, LOL. But I have to say I agree with Mace on this one. Trading Vaughn when you're saying we should have, would have, been so terribly heartbreaking to so many fans for so many reasons. I'll just leave it at that. Love you guys. Go Broncos. And I'm sure a lot of people want to uh, have their take in. And again, tell me how I'm wrong on this one. And I, I certainly understand how fans feel that way. Now, I also wonder this about Vaughn Miller. If maybe where the Broncos got it wrong, it wasn't in giving him the contract but it was in the series of restructures, et cetera, salary cap moves, et cetera, creating a situation where we're going into what is now the fifth year of Von Miller's deal. And if the Broncos were to have, were to have let him go before June 1st, then they would have, they would have taken a $17 dead money hit. And even if they let him go, now, post-June 1, they would take a $13.6 million cap hit. Remember back in the early to mid-2010s when you heard about the pay-as-you-go contract yep. that the Broncos had? Now, they were lucky they got it with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning effectively had a series of one-year deals, but Denver was consistently setting up contracts to where they could get out of them after two or three years if they – didn't like the production with relatively minimal or no impact on the salary cap in terms of creating dead money. That's not the case with the contracts and the restructures they've had. There's been more borrowing against the future as it were to create space in the present. And it's gotten them away from that. And they've lost some flexibility uh, to move on at least with Vaughn Miller. They've, they've, they don't have the ability to, move to to move on and get a huge cap savings if they're unhappy with the production so they're they kind of lock themselves in yeah it's wild looking at Vaughn's cap numbers after they've uh, messed with those numbers one year he was only a 10 million dollar cap hit this year like in the mid-20s next year in the Uh high 20s it's crazy uh diving back into the why Zach is wrong comment section next one coming in from Nashville Joey says maybe it's spending too much time off the road because of the pandemic but that heated debate between Mace and Zach ruled. Did you throw your hat, Mace? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Although I was, te- if I had worn a hat, I would have been tempted to. <laughs> Thing is, I go into a debate. If it gets into the debate territory, I always think I can change the person's mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 would not, it was 
as stubborn as I was. So <laughs> I was listening to it and it took on the air of one of those Siskel and Ebert arguments back in the day when the two of them had their movie review show, when each was, tr was convinced that they could show the other the error of their ways and the error of their thinking and neither zach nor i were going to budge one i <laughs> no chance but nashville joe nashville joe is gonna try he says although i see zach's point i gotta agree with mace if the broncos had let von get away after the super bowl when i would have been livid von is the face of the broncos as always keep up the good work boys and hey I got no disagreement there. Broncos yeah. fans, of course, would, would have lost their mind if that would have happened. Broncos fans would have lost their minds, and I wonder what it would have done for the Broncos' reputation around the league. I don't think it would have among changed anything. Among players. I don't think it would have changed anything. I, I don't know about that, because uh, even with getting Vaughn Miller done, uh, the reputation that they were a hard team to deal with from a contract perspective was already building at that point. And that would have exacerbated it and uh, might have uh, might might have led to even worse outcomes in, in free agency, perhaps, if they hadn't gotten it done. Onion Town Links. The Patriots only beat one playoff team last year. They lost five, five games to playoff teams, including the Titans in the playoffs. So yeah. Their defense might have performed well in those games, but Tom Brady was yet to collapse as a good starting QB. And if they still lost, the defense must not have done enough. Sorry, that's how life works when you have Tom Brady. Statistically, their defense shows is the best in the NFL in almost every category. And yeah, it's nice to live in a world where everyone in the NFL is a professional and the level of play is always high, but they played games against the legs of Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Luke Falk, Josh Allen, Matt Barkley, Colt McCoy, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Andy Dalton. That's 10 games, gentlemen. If you've got 10 games of average to below average in NFL garbage, you're able to prepare for Patrick Mahomes, still lost, Lamar Jackson, still lost, Deshaun Watson, still lost, and Ben Roethlisberger, who also has a tendency to suck in week one, which is when they played him. Their other competition was Carson Wentz, who last year famously had no receivers, who fully understood the concept of putting their hands together on a ball and gripping. Dak Prescott, not a believer, and Ryan Tannehill, who had two weeks to exclusively play for, but still lost. Let this comment be the final word on it. The Patriots' defense is overrated. Middle of the pack, and this year they will show it. The fire in your hearts for Broncos versus Patriots may have burned out a long time ago, but I have kept my harsh feelings for the Patriots kindled and will not back down. I shall not relent. Sorry for the long comment, guys. Love listening in on the DMVR fight today, even though it wasn't. We get mad Wednesday. Try not to kill each other, Lynx. <laughs> well, Lynx, I mean, I, I think you've laid out a good argument, but I think you properly phrased it today by saying that they're overrated instead of saying, LOL, you said they're good, meaning that they're bad. It's not a bad defense. Maybe overrated, and I think you, you've laid out some good points there. We'll see this year. Uh, because like I said, it wasn't just last year that they they were good. They were the number one defense the year before and have been a good defense for many years in the past. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see this year. Um, but I do think you lay out a good point. You lay out a good point, but at the same time, it, there's, you know, there's rarely a defense in football that doesn't have to go against, you know, lousy quarterbacks at the time. Now that being said, I think, the Broncos country perspective is this. The memories of 2015 are relatively fresh in everybody's minds. And one of the things that we look back on 
when we regard that great defense is how they went against Tom Brady twice, against Aaron Rodgers, against Andrew Luck. Now, that game did not work out very well. Against Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs. But there were also some breaks. Andy Dalton, for example, was very good that year, to mention a quarterback that uh, that was cited in the comment by Onion Town Links. Well, the Broncos got a break in having in getting to go against AJ McCarron. So, right. But the, but I think because of the Broncos' mostly success against those quarterbacks, I mean, Big Ben burned them in the second half in Pittsburgh in December of that year, and Andrew Luck torched them, and uh, Alex Smith kind of had their way, had his way. Pardon me, with the Broncos when they came when the Chiefs came in in November and sliced and diced them up. In general, because the Broncos did do their best work as a defense against lesser quarterbacks, that's something that, that comes to the mind of Broncos fans when they look at the Patriots' de- defense and says, say, well, you know, as great as they are, Lamar Jackson diced them up, Deshaun Watson diced them up, Patrick Mahomes diced them up. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point too, Mace. Next one coming in from Tebow over Brady. Hey, guys, with the recent chatter around Chris Jones and his contract situation, I posed the question, what would you trade to land him? Would a first and Draymond Jones get it done? Just imagine a front with him, Casey, Shelby, Vaughn, and Chubb. Good wow. Lord. Man, yeah, wow is right. Mace, dare I say, Vaughn Miller? What would you trade for Chris Jones? <laughs> I had to throw that in oh, there. You had so to go there. Yeah, would, would a first and Draymond get it done, Mace? No, because the Chiefs wouldn't make that kind of trade with a team in their own division. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, yeah. They, may, they may make that with uh, someone in the NFC. Yeah, I think if they trade Chris Jones, it's not a deal with anybody in the AFC West. It may not even be a deal with anybody – in the AFC, like for example, there was a similar deal offered by the Tennessee Titans. I don't think that the Chiefs would take it. Mm. Yeah, they're I looking don't think for a defensive yeah. lineman. Yeah, they they are. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, well, they are, but they've also made some draft investments on the defensive line that they're going to pay off, and that's why uh, they were willing to trade Jarrell Casey. They're going to get younger there, so. So what, what would it take for the Broncos to trade for him? I think, I think what you're alluding to is the Broncos would have to significantly overpay in order to land him. Yeah. I, I, two ones plus a player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I at, at minimum, I yeah. agree. And I, and I still don't think the Chiefs would make that deal in the division. I don't think they, I don't think they want to have Christian Jones staring across the line of scrimmage <laughs> from Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Count Locula. The first touchdown of the 2020 season for the Broncos is scored. How? Love the count. Mm, I like this one. I'm going to go. Man, I think DraftKings would say Melvin Gordon touchdown Mm. run. I'll say Melvin Gordon, but I'm going to say a pass from Drew Locke. Oh, I like, I really wanted to incorporate Drew. So Mace, I like that. Mm. I like that. The, The sexy one, of course, in my mind is, uh, Jerry Judy from uh, from from Drew. 
But uh, no yeah. love for Cortland Sutton. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we, we we saw it last year. We're gonna see it plenty of times this year. Let's get the new fella some love. <laughs> All righty, Brian. Hey guys, no football related comment today. But back when you guys were still BSN, my girlfriend would refer to you guys as BDSM Broncos. <laughs> Just wanted to share a hashtag Saquon for Madden MVP. <laughs> well, Saquon's for sure going to be the Madden MVP, blowing up for probably the biggest season uh, of a running back ever. So, yeah, Brian, uh, good good one there. And, man, BDSM, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> and on Yikes. that note, guys, I got to tell you about WGT Golf. As you guys know, it's been my favorite game for about a decade. And I want you to play with me. I want you to play – with the DNVR family. So how you do it is go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT through there. When you go to dnvrgolf.com and download the game, uh, it, it just tells the WGT that you want to play with us. So make sure to go there and download the app. Um, and then once you're in, go into the clubhouses and find DNVR2 clubhouse. We already filled up DNVR1. So go in, Search for DNVR, then the number two after it. Join that clubhouse, and that'll get you access to all of the awesome tournaments we have going on. We had one this past weekend, but as a little 4th of July bonus, we're going to do a holiday tournament this weekend. So back-to-back weeks of tournaments, and I can't wait for this one. We're doing the best of the par fours in honor of the 4th of July. So make sure to get in on that before this weekend so you guys can play with us this weekend. And when you're not playing a tournament with us, it's still such an awesome game. Over 20 million people around the world play this game because it's the most realistic golf game out there. And what I love the most about it is you can play real courses like Pebble Beach and St. Andrews. I absolutely love it. I hope you come to play with us because you can also play against head-to-head against other people in, the, in our community, even when we're not doing a tournament. So check them out, dnvrgolf.com. That's WGT Golf. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Of course, you know, 18 par fours equals a nice even par 72. I like that. I like, uh, <laughs> like how consistent that's going to be. But, of course, we're not just about golf, golf online basketball baseball football hockey we're also about rugby we are now covering colorado's professional rugby team the colorado raptors with our reporter colton strickler who took you inside the locker room with the dmvr raptors podcast but of course one thing to one thing to note right now is you know the raptors aren't playing but that doesn't mean we're not covering the raptors it doesn't mean that colton is not all over it and rugby is a fun sport to follow it's going you know there are pockets of the world where rugby is going strong i watched uh, super rugby from new zealand this weekend uh, on espn2 you know they're playing in front of fans and it's such a beautiful sight to watch sporting events uh, with fans and full stands and it was it's a lot of fun to take in rugby and if you want to learn about rugby the best place to learn about it at dnvr is on the dnvr raptors podcast so make sure you down, download that and what colton is doing right now with the raptors you know kind of on hiatus he's doing kind of rugby 101 podcast so you can you can learn more about the game he'll break it down for you teach you the ins and outs of one of the few sports that is actually going on right this minute so make sure you download the raptors podcast and follow DNVR Raptors on Twitter for all the latest about 
the, a game that's still playing and still going strong around the world, the game of rugby. Next one from Hip Hip You Ray. Greetings, gents. Didn't mean to rock the boat with my last comment on the pod. I just wanted to add something to the discussion and voice my opinion. Well, you certainly added a discussion, so we appreciate oh, yeah. that. He says, I hope you two were able to bond over a Breck brew afterward and go about your day with no hard feelings. Of course not. No, no, no. No, no hard feelings at no. all. Anyways, can I get a... 75! And... uh Open your eyes for good time's sake. Take care. Go Broncos and go DNVR. And I'll add, go hip hip you, Ray. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? When you say open your eyes, I think people got to have to open their ears. To <laughs> <laughs> Next Make one sure come. they take that in. <laughs> the Manning Face God chiming in. Hey guys, long time subscriber and listener. So I wanted to comment on the Von Miller topic. Shocker. I know it got kind of heated, but I wanted to say that I 100% agree with Mace. I've been a Broncos fan since I was six years old, which has now been 23 years. As a lifelong fan, if someone told me we were to trade one of the players, who we considered to be on the Mount Rushmore Broncos legends for draft picks that would absolutely be crushing for fans. You absolutely can't trade a player of that legendary status. After Super Bowl 50, John Elway failed to find any support and help for Vaughn. For someone who got doubled and sometimes triple teamed for most of the game, you're really telling me Domita Pecco, a bust in Shane Ray, and an injury-riddled Derek Wolf are going to help Vaughn? This year will be the first time since the Super Bowl the year that Vaughn will have the support that he's needed. It was mentioned that Vaughn didn't do anything after Super Bowl 50, but actually in 2016, he was snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year award. Vaughn had 13 and a half sacks, Mac had 11. Vaughn had 78 tackles, and Mac had 73. Vaughn had 13 tackles for a loss, and Mac had 14. Vaughn had 23 quarterback hits, and Matt, Mac had 24. Vaughn had three force fumbles, and Mac had five. The numbers are pretty consistent, however. Vaughn had more sacks while getting doubled and triple teamed. Vaughn is the quarterback of this defense and the legend in the locker room. That contract was worth every penny. Vaughn, yeah, Vaughn had a bad year last year, but a new scheme that takes time away from what he does best and forcing him to cover players in the passing game isn't going to help either. I hope 58 plays his whole career in the orange and blue. Sorry for the long post in the rank guys. Appreciate all you do. Well, we appreciate you chiming in. Uh, we're obviously not going to dive back into this debate, but um, one thing I will say, the Manning face, God, um, if you need many big time investments around a $20 million investment for that $20 million investment um, to pay off, then I think you got to rethink about that. Um, if, if that makes sense. So that, that's the only thing that I have an issue with there. If you have to invest $60 million for your $20 million investment uh, to, to be great, that, that makes me question that investment. Well, the other thing is you also need to have players that can capitalize off the double and triple teams that a player can draw because that's where then the value of a player can't be record, can't be, measured in terms of what he does but what others do and I think uh, that's where the Broncos have up uh, short a little bit at times is in uh, guys that could capitalize I think the one point where it worked was in 2018 where Vaughn had 14 sacks and Bradley Chubb at 12 so they were in a position where they had they had a guy who could capitalize I think if you look back on it maybe uh, a mistake the Broncos made 
was riding Shane Ray so long uh, and having him in 2016 kind of being the, the first guy who came, the first guy who came in uh, when DeMarcus Ware got hurt, maybe that should have been Shaq Barrett. Maybe things could have turned out a little differently in a lot of, in a lot of regards to that. But I am also glad you mentioned in 2016 that Cleo Mack got the, the, the player of the year. And yet you could have made a, a strong case for Vaughn Miller. I mean, if, Based on what Mac did, Von Miller's production in 2016 was Defensive Player of the Year worthy. But here's the the problem: was that the team didn't have the level of success. Did you know, Zach, that the last 13 Defensive Players of the Year have come from teams that made the playoffs? Probably as it should be. Yeah, and I unfortunately the lack of team success hurt Von Miller. Didn't mean he didn't have a season worthy of being Defensive Player of the Year. Just that other things happen. And yeah, that's so, where, unfortunately, came down to the quarterback. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, and, and as I said, Von, Von Miller hasn't been a bad player. He's been a very good player. I just expect uh, a, a type of um, performance of being defensive player of the year in the conversation every single year. And he was in it in 2016, but not the other seasons. And, and Mace, um, the, the other thing that I overlooked in this conversation was if I was a general manager, my number one thing would be to build a team to win. And what I overlooked um, was that you and, and a lot of other people, as I'm hearing, uh, th- there would be other factors that would come into that number one spot in terms of, um, you know, valuing how the fans feel about certain players and having that uh, emotional connection to players. And I, I personally wouldn't have that if I was a general manager, but I understand that other people do. And, and that's what I'm, I'm clearly finding out over the past well, 48 hours. Well, 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 I got to say this. It's not that we're not building a team to win. It's not that we don't want to win by having Von Miller around because I would argue, I'd say this, the, as few games as the Broncos have won the last, the last three seasons, what would they have won without Von Miller? <laughs> uh, maybe in a better position, though, because we know that, uh, at least in my opinion, the worst place to be uh, yeah. if you're not trending up like the Broncos were last year is pretty much 5-11 five and, five and 11 to 7-9. and nine. It's the worst place to be if you can nail the draft. But uh, I'll say this. I'm also viewing it from a Tampa Bay perspective. I'm scarred by the fact that the Bucks did have some – very good players and over the years they let go of them and they did not maximize the draft returns. So, you know, that, that, that I admit is uh, in my thought, in my thought process as well. <laughs> LDJ awesome pod yesterday. I mean, that's the name of the game, balancing that salary cap, especially when you got a low cost quarterback, it will be inevitable because if Drew is what we hope he is, he's going to get paid and we have to make tough decisions. LOL. That offense is so young. Everybody's payday is going to be at the same time. Somebody's got to go. However, I stand by that if you draft well on defense, you can pay and maintain the offense. So I hope that's what happens. I don't know. Speaking of cuts, how the heck did the Chiefs get into this corner with Chris Jones? LOL. It's Aaron Donald, then Chris Jones. Chris Jones, in my opinion, is a top five defensive player, a top five defensive player with interior pass rush. They aren't starting at $20 million a year. Are you serious? LOL. You overpaid Sammy Watkins, but you want to undercut a homegrown player. LOL. This is too good to be true. I hope he sits out because the Chiefs could have let him go and gotten a third compensatory pick at worst or trade him for a first and a future second at least. LOL. It's Chris Jones. I can't believe they kept him to try to undercut him. This is insane. LOL. Yes. 
I had fun on Instagram because while there was a Colts fan page who stands by a trade for DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall pick to only pay him $21 million a year, it's better than training for Chris Jones. Bro, the Colts and Bills made the dumbest trades in my opinion. Buckner, seriously, he's good, but the 13th overall pick, are you serious? And dude had the audacity to tell me Buckner is better than Chris Jones. LOL. Fans go too far, and how dare he make me defend the Chiefs, LOL. <laughs> yeah, LDJ, I got to say, I, I never thought you'd be defending the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you make great points uh, about that. And it's, I mean, speaking of Von Miller, it's probably how a lot of the country was thinking of the Broncos when, uh, um, when they were going through this with Von Miller after Super Bowl 50. A lot of the country is probably saying, you're not going to pay – $20 million and give whatever the Super Bowl 50 MVP wants right now. Now, of course, John Elway got it worked out. It certainly seems like uh, Chris Jones and the Chiefs negotiations are going to be just as contentious, if not even more than the Broncos. So it's fun to be on this side of it now. Mm-hmm. World of Suck coming in says, love the great heated Von Miller debate of 2020. My conclusion on the matter is that Mace thinks with his heart after all, and that Zach hates Broncos country. Hey, whoa. <laughs> First he taunts us with his love of Mahomes. Not true, just telling you the truth. Now the hatred of Von. Ouch, just kidding, Zach. Now, I may be poking the bear here, but who do you think won the Khalil Mack trade? I couldn't dream up a better cop for a theoretical bond trade. It demonstrates Mace's point about not wanting to be one of those franchises that loses respect by dealing away beloved superstars. And it also shows Zach's point in bringing in a whole hall of picks. All right. So in the end, the trade of Cleo Mack essentially ended up being Cleo Mack Arlington Hambright, a seventh-round defensive lineman, and Cole Komet, a second-round tight end, who I thought was a complete reach for the Bears. That's what they got. And the Raiders get Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett, Brian Edwards, and then a pick that they eventually traded, 196, who was a bliss one Austin, a cornerback in last year's draft. So basically, this is coming down to potentially – Khalil Mack and Cole Komet for Josh Jacobs, Damon Arnett, and Brian Edwards. And obviously, Jacobs looks like he can be a pretty good back. Arnett and Edwards, it's early. We, we haven't seen them in pro uniforms just yet. So we're, we're in that wait-and-see mode. Now, Brian Edwards, I like the value of that pick, but I didn't like the value of Damon Arnett. Uh, for the Raiders. I thought that was a little bit of a reach for a number two cornerback at Ohio State. So, we'll, you know, as they say, we'll see. The jury is going to probably be out on this deal for another couple of years here. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Mace. I think it's too early uh, to, to make that call, but it, it's a good thing to look at, World of Suck, because I do think it's probably the best comp for that. Uh, next one from Love Thunder down under Crickets. Crickets. Well, I'm going to head out then. I'll show myself the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Jazzy Bronco. Hey, guys, since it's been a while since my last comment, I have to start with any mustard on anything. This is the way. <laughs> Everything but yellow mustard. I'm right there with you, Jazzy Bronco. <laughs> Wanted to weigh in on Vaughn. I agree that Vaughn has not lived up to every dollar of that contract, but even despite that, we made the right choice to not trade him. He's been the bright spot, period, 
on this team, particularly in the first couple of years of that deal. He has been a great face of the franchise during a difficult time. Two things I haven't heard brought up about this argument are, number one, if we did unload Vaughn in 16 or 17, what is the confidence that we would have made those picks count? Our draft results aren't exactly the best in those years. Two, could paying Vaughn now guess a hometown discount on the back end of his career when we were paying an offense? Thanks for the discussion, and everyone stay safe out there. Uh, paying Vaughn now is very interesting, and I don't think it's something that happens right now because I think Vaughn's on a prove-it year right now with the Broncos, and he's if he wants to stay with the team after this year, he's going to have to prove his worth uh, because they can move on from him and save a lot of money after this year. But also, uh, if they do decide to stick with him, it probably will be with a restructure of some sort because, Mace, as you alluded to, the, the way the Broncos have changed his contract and restructured his contract in the past, it's put off a lot of the cap hits till next year, which would be a huge cap hit. So it probably would come with some sort of a restructured deal. I'm not sure how much of a discount Vaughn would be taking, though. So I don't know if you're going to be taking that average value of $20 million that he's currently on and putting it to $10 million. I'm not sure he would do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, and then what's the confidence in the Broncos – uh, working those draft picks out. I don't know. It depends. When did they get those draft picks? You know, uh, the 16 and 17 draft would say that there's probably not much confidence that they turn those around. If you're talking about the 19 or 20 draft because of, uh, you know, when they got those draft picks, well, you probably feel pretty confident about those picks. Yeah, that's a great point that uh, I, I, the Broncos did change their draft philosophy. And I think later on, you'd feel better than you did back in 16 or 17. There is one thing that hit me about Von Miller, and I thought about it last night. And get ready to drink because I'm going to make an Atlanta Braves reference. <laughs> I love it. When the Braves, after the 2014 season, basically tore down the team and rebuilt, they kept one guy, and that was Freddie Freeman, their first baseman. One, there were a couple of other players they kept, Julio Tehran as well, but one primary core player uh, that they kept around. And part of it was the acknowledgement that, okay, we're going to have to give fans somebody to rally around, somebody who they're invested in as a player who's known for wearing our uniform. And our hope is that when we come out on the other side of this rebuild, that Freddie Freeman is still a very good player. Well. Here we are. The Braves have won the National League East in back-to-back -back years, even though they've melted down the playoffs, and I'd rather not leave, relive those nightmares. But Freddie Freeman <laughs> did withstand the rebuilding and is still a core player and proved that he had plenty left in the tank. And I bring that up because maybe the feelings about Von Miller end up being different if the Broncos do reemerge as a contender this year and he has a big season, and he's that guy that kind of, you know, was still the franchise linchpin through some tough times, gives fans a rallying point, a core player to love, and then when you start having the happy days again, he's there and getting sacks like crazy, and everyone's celebrating and happy. At least that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's, that's me being optimistic that he can be uh, the Freddie Freeman. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's a good point, Mace. The, the hope, though, with that is that he's on the team in 2021, that, that the Broncos don't move on from him. Next one coming in from Jedi Joshua, kind of following Mace's uh, step right there. He says, okay, fellas, I know yesterday had a heated debate. I agree with Mace. Vaughn's contract didn't stop them from figuring out the quarterback. 
could have traded up for Mahomes or Watson from spot 20 instead of taking Bowles. The Rams paid Donald and Goff. There's room for both. The Rams are also in cap hell, not because of those two, but over Gurley and Cooks. Zach, Peyton Manning had just retired. Got to have a face of the franchise. Who was going to be the leader, if not Vaughn? I see your point, Zach, but it would have been a, a ruthless decision. You pay generational pass rushers. They could have afforded both, and no Elway was never going to overpay like the Vikings did for Cousins. Well, I, I mean, okay. I, think, I think the Rams are a great point that maybe you can't afford both because they are very much not in a situ- good situation with Jared Goff. Although I think Jedi Joshua said it wasn't a ruthless decision. It was a rudder would have been a rudderless decision. And oh, okay. That's interesting as well because it would have been ruthless and rudderless. <laughs> yeah, it, it, would cer- have been both. Cer- it certainly would have been ruthless, but I think you got to make tough decisions. Yep. D dubs, fellas. I'll keep it short since the debate assuredly kicked up more comments than usual, but I figured I'd throw my two cents in. I would mace that the sentimental value of having Vaughn far outweighs the cost of a bloated contract. In many ways, Vaughn has been the only reason to watch the Broncos since PFM left. He's been one of the good few things to hold on to through one of the darkest eras in the team's history. And sure, we could have gotten different players and done things differently without Vaughn, but the Broncos would have simply meant less of the world without Vaughn. Keep doing what you're doing, though, Zach. I don't mean to pile on. The contrarian can be frustrating, but these types of, cons- of discussions are way- what makes DNVR the best. I appreciate it, D-Dubs, but Mace coming yeah. right there is my point. I'm with Mace that the sentimental value of having Vaughn far outweighs the cost of a bloated contract. Kind of, but it's not like saying. he hasn't been productive. <laughs> but, I mean, now looking back, we know that didn't help the team. Uh, we, we know it didn't yeah. help the team get to where they wanted. And, and uh, that is something that I'll admit I, I overlooked. I don't change my stance on that now. I, I stick with where, where I am, but I didn't realize that so many fans – um, we're, well, we're going to look at it that way. So I appreciate you guys all uh, reaching out, telling me that's how you feel. Well, hope matters. And I think through everything the last few years, through Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch bombing out and Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, I think Vaughn Miller was a reason why people still had hope going in every year. And again, the Tampa Bay thing coming in for me, I, re- I remember what it's like to have no hope going into the year. It sucks. You don't want that. Yeah. And I think yeah. without Von Miller, there would have been a loss of hope. Yeah. I just, I know Broncos country is so amazing that even if they didn't have that, they would still be there and supporting the team. But yeah, I mean, hope, hope is a, uh, a powerful thing. That's for sure. It's DTS. the best of things, as they said in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yep, it's a good exactly. thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good <laughs> thing ever dies. I oh, love Shawshank. DTL <laughs> chimes in and says, hey, guys, so with all the talk of running backs, I've got a lot of friends who like different teams. And for some reason, the one player a lot of our conversations go into is Philip Lindsay. It's always, hey, you know, we'll, fill, we'll take Phil and give you such and such player. And I'm always like, definitely not. All I'm saying is nobody gives a rat's beep about Melvin. <laughs> At least that's what we all agree on. Take care and have a good day. Oh, man. I think it's interesting that you and I both said that Melvin Gordon is going to score the first touchdown of the season then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not and, too happy with that. And um, I'll tell you someone that disagrees with that, and that's John Elway and the Denver Broncos. They wouldn't have paid him uh, – over 10 times more uh-huh. than, than Phil if they didn't care about him. 
Yeah, maybe some people don't give a rat's behind about Melvin Gordon, but the people that matter, at least with the Broncos, the Broncos decision makers, they certainly give more than a rat's behind about him because of, like you said, that contract. The big T. Wow, you boys getting heat on the pod yesterday. Totally agree, agree with Mace, as I hate it when players leave. I thought you were giving Zach a bit too much heat there, though. He was just saying from a pure, pure business perspective, with hindsight, maybe we should have cashed in. Playing his devil's, devil's advocate, I thought, as surely Zach would never trade Miller. Zach? <laughs> oh, I think he would have. I, I, I think Zach would have traded Von Miller. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've said what I've said. Look, and I, while I wouldn't have traded Miller, I'll say this. Every player has a price. Even the best. Right. Yes. There's a yes. price. There is a there is a price tag on every single guy. Even Patrick Mahomes has a price. Now that price is exorbitant, but right. probably not worth, not possible to come up with the price. But there's a price, sure. Yeah, the price of Patrick Mahomes is probably something like four entire draft classes. <laughs> oh, right, plus Lamar Jackson <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. The argument was pretty good entertainment, though. I appreciate the passion in it. Okay, I think Zach can take it. He's tough. Well, he, <laughs> he is tough. I don't doubt that. I, I, love, I love good you know, debates, Big T, so I appreciate I that. I, I do, too. And don't get me started on yourteamcheats.com. I've always known something wasn't right there when they had at one point Peyton Manning's HRT delivery spuriously reported by Al Jazeera. As worse of, as the worst offense than Spygate or Deflategate, it screamed, "I am a Pats fan!" Loud and clear to me. Oh Nevertheless, all gosh. NFL teams have cheated in some way, and I wish the league was tougher on it. Take a Super Bowl away from New England, then I bet it will stop. Third round pick, pa. And then see, he adds, "Sorry, just got to the bit on the pod where you kissed and made up group hugging." <laughs> there we go, the big T. Um, and yeah, I mean, a th- takeaway Super Bowl or take away a shot at making the playoffs this year. How about that? You just say you're ineligible for the playoffs. That's when it really would hurt. Oh, I love that. I, I, yeah. And if you really want to get somebody, it's a combo deal. It's you're not eligible for the playoffs. And Oh, by the way, you're not, you maybe you can take away the entire draft class or you're not maybe take away your first and second round picks. So not only can you not go to the playoffs, but it does you no good to tank. Right. Yep. That would be the worst. So, that would be the very worst. So you are stuck. Have fun. Good luck. You're not getting anything positive <laughs> out, of the, out of this year. So, Zach, I got to split uh, for now. Got to clear out of the office here for a, few, for a little bit. I know you can take it home. Appreciate it. Great talking with you. And uh, RK, Henry, if you're listening, Good luck on the links today. Can't wait to see how you do against Vic and uh, and Moji out there from altitude. Zach, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mace, thanks for riding with me and, and have a good day. And I'll take you guys down the home stretch. Next one coming in from the other Ryan. He says, "My boys, we have made it to training camp month." Zach and Mace brought the fire yesterday. It was an interesting debate, and I appreciate both of your perspectives. In the end, shocking here. I lean more toward Mace's take on the Von Miller matter. But if there is one thing that an inordinately expensive legal education has taught me, it is to appreciate viewing an issue from multiple angles. As law professors are apt to say, it depends. 
the debate and podcast ended civilly, which is a good model for all of us to follow in our communities and this nation, as we must learn to live with differences. In most instances, our personal preferences do not have to create wedges and animosity between us or the common good. For Mace and Zach, we're friends at first, our friends again at last. As far as calling names for you all, I would call Mace, uh, Mace Sapio for his vast knowledge and wisdom. Zach is constant for his dependability and Iron Man qualities, and RK is gambler. Ah, I think those are all very fitting the other, Ryan. My question for today is, where will the Broncos' pass defense rank in 2020, and how many interceptions will they amass if Bryce Callahan is as fully healthy as he and the team claim him to be, with him playing at least 14 games this coming season? Have a happy hump day, DNV Army. Salute. I think that's a, it's a great question about how good this pass defense should be. Uh, not only do you have a very high-paid A.J. Boye, who you have very high expectations for since you kept him on that contract, paying him you know, 13 plus million a year, but you'd finally have Bryce Callahan back. Um, and then you got a, a couple third-round picks in there uh, fighting for that third corner spot. Not only that, but you have Von Miller, Jarrell Casey, Bradley Chubb, all of that as a pass rush to help this team. Uh, they, they've got to be, they have to be top 10. Um, and really, if we're talking about them being a top five defense, they should be a top five passing defense. And then you also throw in the fact that, oh, by the way, you have Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. This has got to be uh, a top 10 group and is, is, or a top five group, as well as a top five uh, interception team. And we haven't seen the Broncos be that type of team on the defensive side of the ball uh, in a few years. And maybe it's because of the formula being off um, and the Broncos not being able to tee, tee back on quarterbacks um, with, with uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb because they don't have leads ever. But this is a group that should, should be creating a lot of turnovers this year. And final one here coming in from True Champ Fan 24. I do not think my Von Miller comment from two days ago would spawn around 45 whole minutes of content and around 10 minutes of what seemed to be the verge of actual chair throwing, LOL. Love y'all. And I love this community. I know there are some members struggling and going through some hardships right now. And I just want to say, if any of you need to talk, please feel free to message me on Facebook at Stephen with a PH, Sholey, S-H-O-L-E-Y. Instagram at TrueChampFan24 or Twitter, Stephen, again, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and then F-T-P-F. Uh, that's so cool, TrueChampFan24, and that's what's so cool about this community is we're all here for each other. My DMs uh, are always open for anyone that wants to talk. Talk to, uh, talk to Jeff uh, through DM a couple uh, of nights ago just talking about he's moving from New York. To Denver and where he wants to end up in Denver, uh, helping him find the right spot in Denver. That, that's what we're here for. Whether it's you know you're moving and don't know the area at all, so want some advice, or uh, you know it's it's a tough time for a lot of you, and you just need to talk. This community is here for you, and that's what's so cool about all of you guys rolling with us is the special community you've all created. So I really appreciate that, True Champ Fan Twenty Four, and I know that so many people in this community, including myself, Mason RK. Uh, all echo similar sentiments to what True Champ Fan 24 said. But 
that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us. And before we get out of here, I got to remind you guys about WGT again. I kid you not, this has been my favorite gaming app over the past decade. I absolutely love it. I love how quick and easy it is. You can play for hours on end or you can get in play a nice round in 10 or 15 minutes if you got a couple extra minutes. It is so much fun. So go on to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Join that DNVR2 clubhouse. And guys, make sure you do this in the next couple of days so that you can play with all of us on this weekend's 4th of July tournament. Uh, and man, I love that you can play Pebble Beach and St. Andrews on there. I may just play some WGT right now when I'm putting together this pod. But that'll do it today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us. No one agreed with me on the Von Miller debate and I didn't expect many to agree with me. Heck, maybe someone will chime in tomorrow and say, Zach, Zach, I agree with you. I, I'm the lone person to agree with you. But regardless, you guys are always so respectful. It's fun. That's what sports are about. Sports are about having passion, having different takes, being able to debate about this and this is a safe place to do all of that so thank you guys so much for making this community what it is for ryan and for mace i'm zach stevens thank you guys so much happy wednesday we'll talk to you tomorrow